0: On this episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast, we have Final Four action. Virginia, Auburn, Texas Tech, Michigan State. Is Virginia a team of destiny? What would you think of the foul? Uh, we also talk the college dunk contest. Casey takes us through the three-on-three U. Uh, we got coaches on the move. The RIP to the AAF. Trouble in Packers land. The internet goes crazy. And, of course... Everyone's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Cake. All right, let's start the show. back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. And Casey, I heard we had a pretty good weekend this weekend.
1: That's our busy weekend, Marlo. We uh, celebrated the third birthday. of uh, My son had a birthday party with both families over yesterday. Congratulations. Uh, But maybe we did it. But maybe more importantly, uh, I guess for the sake of the podcast, uh, we took him to his first baseball game. Took him to the Brewers game today got to enjoy a 4 to 2 victory over the Cubs winning the series 2 to 1 and let me tell you Marlo a uh it's a different experience going to a baseball game uh i guess for me especially a brewers game as a dad instead of as a normal casual drunk fan
0: yeah i mean how many um, how many how many beers did you serve your son
1: uh well he didn't have, he i you know being the good father that i am he only <laughs> had two or three no got it <laughs> um no uh that was all all I had I guess uh we showed up, you know, didn't tailgate, got there for the start of the game, uh let's see, missed about half the game as we were doing other things, <laughs> uh, going down the mini brewer slide, uh mm-hmm. kids' play area, mm. uh you know, taking pictures in the big mitt, taking pictures by the uh statue of the racing sausages, that sort of stuff. Uh, quite a different experience. A lot of fun to see it, though. You know, kind of through his eyes for the first time. He was very excited for all those things. Uh, it'll be interesting, though. I was I was thinking this on the way home. If like, so I really enjoyed kind of taking him to his first game. Yeah. If like the next time we go and he wants to do all these things, if I'm like, okay, we did this. Come on, and I want to <laughs> go watch baseball. Or if like I'll continue to enjoy seeing him go down the little mini uh, Bernie Brewer slide five more times next time. Uh, it'll be interesting. We'll see. Uh, but he, we did leave with, uh, let's see, uh certificate for his first game. Uh, the oh, nice. uh, racing sausage little mascot. We each have one in our family, and he picked the bratwurst. So he will hopefully from now on be rooting for the bratwurst in the races. And at the end, got to run the bases. Oh. Yeah. Like on the field? Yeah, yeah. At oh, the wow. end of Sunday games, they let you go down, and I got to run with him. Because nice. you know he was a little he was a little timid. And I'm going out to run, Marlo. I'm like ready to run. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Landon, go ahead. And he's like, No, I want to hold your hand. And the lady goes to me, she goes, make sure you hold his hand the whole time. <laughs> like what? I'm gonna run off and do something <laughs> like <laughs> I did she was warning me. I didn't understand. I didn't understand why I needed to be warned about the behavior on the field. Uh, but there you go around and they're very concerned about you running on the grass. So do not run on the grass, stay on the, stay on the ground. Anyway, long story. Uh, it was little man's first brewer game. A lot of fun, uh, to cap off a birthday weekend for him. Um, and that was great. How was your, how's your weekend, Marlo? Sorry. That was a, a long, oh, no, control. it's
0: good. Mine was not as, uh, as a fulfilling as that one. Yeah. I was too busy Friday night trying to keep up with 20 something year olds, mm. um, did not end up well, so I was then watching the final four game, pretty hungover, yeah. <laughs> on Saturday. So even at
1: the late, even with the late starts, even
0: with the late start, I was just starting to feel normal as the second game was tipping <laughs> off.
1: Oh wow! So okay. <laughs> tough one, tough one, yeah. tough one, tough <laughs> one indeed. So yep. yep, so we are recording this then uh, on Sunday night about eight o'clock. Uh, Bruce game is done. Obviously, that was an afternoon game. Final Four was set last night. Uh, women's uh, championship game just ended, Marlo, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but that, I guess, sets the stage for where we're, what we're talking about. So, should we start on campus? Yeah, let's start on campus. All right. I think uh, let's just go to the Final Four, Marlo, starting with Virginia and Auburn. Virginia defeated Auburn um, by... One point, one point. One at the end. point. One uh, And I guess the best way to start and maybe end talking about this, I don't know, but all the conversation seems to be about the call on three-point play. Kyle Guy going up for a three-point shot to win the game uh, and getting fouled. Uh, and the, I guess the result was he ended up making three free throws to win the game. Uh, but a lot of people seem to not like the call, Marla. What was your take on the call of the Final Four?
0: Okay, I think when you look at it, is it, can you, is it a foul? Yeah, it's probably a foul. Is it something you cannot call at that situation in the game? I mean, that's a tough one for a ref to, to blow a whistle at that juncture at a Final Four. Just the moment seemed a little too big for such a, I, I would say, a ticky-tack foul. Mm. Um, you know, on a big on the big call, it wasn't you know egregious, uh, but could it be called foul? Absolutely, and I think, yeah, the the call was correct. But I just, I my heart goes out to Auburn and Auburn's fans because that is just mm-hmm. one hard way to take an L in that situation.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I I, I couldn't imagine losing a game under those circumstances. However. I I think it clearly was a foul. The contact was made as he still had the ball in his hand as he was shooting the foul. And I think a very good comparison would be the end of the Purdue-Tennessee game, where there was that call on Carson Edwards' three-pointer in the other corner, um, where he went up for the shot, and the defender might have hit his leg on the... after the ball was released, and yeah. I thought that was a very questionable call, and one kind of maybe you should swallow swallow your whistle there, but this one was as he was going up, and he clearly hit his leg, and to me it was it should have been called a foul, and was correctly called a foul, and I just think the way that it was covered was really almost disingenuous. I saw a lot of articles later, kind of coming mm. out with a picture of the shot, oh, where yeah. It was before the foul. They took right. like a picture before yeah. the contact was made and said, "Like, see, this is a bad call. Look at this picture." But it, that just—they're like literally lying. It, <laughs> he made contact with his leg. He definitely yeah. did before he released the ball. I understand it being a tough call, but you want the referees to make the right call, and I think that was that was the right call uh, in that case. But Marlo, there was also a lot of kind of going back a little bit earlier on that play and questioning some more calls on that.
0: Yeah, the no call uh, on the double dribble. Yeah, uh, the non-double dribble that wasn't called, or wasn't called, uh, yeah. it had, wasn't, was it called? Whatever. Yeah, it wasn't? It wasn't called. The, maybe should have the... been.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Virginia was dribbling the ball up, uh, and attempted to do a behind-the-back hit off his own foot, and picked it up and, and kept dribbling. Apparently, that's against the rules, Marlowe, uh, yeah. but it was not called.
0: Yeah, I, and I think it was one of those things that I didn't realize it, is what, I saw it. I saw it in real time, didn't yeah. think it was. Then when they did the replay, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's definitely, he picked up the ball. That's definitely a double dribble. Probably should have called that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't called. And Gene, is it, is it Gene Skeletor? Is that what the CBS yeah, has? Yeah, that's right. Uh, really earned his paycheck on this one, mm. <laughs> being on site and be able to break it down at the end of the game for everybody.
1: Yeah, it was, in the play, it, I didn't think... He, a second thing of it, it, it felt almost like I've I feel like I've seen that hundreds of times watching yeah. basketball that it never gets called. And I think if we kind of compare it to how we want referees to quote unquote swallow the whistler, you know, make the right call on the three point line, like that's an exact thing on the three point foul call. That's an exact situation where it's like it probably was a double dribble, but it didn't really feel like one. I felt yep. like Auburn was trying to foul him, and you know, maybe in a different camera angle. I think did foul him a couple, th- twice before he even committed the double dribble. Um, so, again, it's two kind of tough calls in a row for Auburn fans. I understand why they would be upset. And maybe I'm, I'm contradicting myself saying, like, I wanted the one call, but this <laughs> one seemed like a natural no call to me just in the in the flow of the game, whereas the three-pointer felt like a natural call to me the way that it it. it
0: All right, now like, you're just trying to make occurred. a point for yourself. You got to pick no, a side here.
1: No, it's a great point. It's I, I'm I'm sitting right on this fence, Marlo. I'm sitting on the fence, very well balanced, uh, and, and taking both sides at the same time. Um, so it was a tough. Anyway, so there made my point. Nailed, yeah. nailed sitting on the fence. Uh, a tough, a tough. Uh, I guess set of circumstances for Auburn. They were uh, what was it up like six with like ten seconds left. Uh, up five with ten seconds left, and Virginia ended up scoring. Six points in like the last nine seconds. Kyle Guy scoring all of them with a three pointer in the top corner, and then the foul, as we mentioned, in the um, bottom corner. Yeah. Uh, And there was a really neat shot when Kyle Guy got fouled. Um, And initially, when I saw it, I felt like this is an amazing moment because he's kind of looking, he lifted up his shirt, you know, and was looking down into his shirt. Ty Jerome's coming over. It would seem to me like to be console him. So the Virginia were like, we just missed our shot to win this. And they're reacting, you know, down and sad. And then the Auburn players see the foul being called and are reacting down and sad. So, like, there's this moment at the end of the game where everybody thinks they have lost the game. It was so weird. Yeah. Uh, but Kyle Guy goes on. It. It turned out later he said, um, he he knew the foul was called and he was like looking down to like compose himself. I guess. Yep. Uh, which is I don't know. Ruins my narrative of that picture a moment ago, so I'm going to ignore it. Uh, but then he was he was interviewed after the game. I don't know if you saw this, Marlo. Um, he said, I could lie to you and say I knew I was going to hit those them, those free throws. Uh, but I was terrified. And just the amount of time it went from that to making the first two free throws to the timeout and then coming out and hitting the next one. I mean, he nailed all of those.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, not, there's no bigger pressure free throws in the world. At the, and then those three at the, that point in time, they were down two. Uh, so obviously that put them up yeah. one, and uh, yeah, I think we saw it earlier in the tournament. Was uh, I forget the team they had kind of the same situation. The guy missed two free throws to lose the game.
1: Yeah, that was uh, uh New Mexico. Yeah, over, um, that was against Auburn too.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, look at that. So as um, but yeah, that just goes out your kids. Hit your free throws. Those were just clutch free throws, man.
1: Yeah, and for it, kind of, it feels like that. Virginia has kind of a history of, of let's say collapsing or struggling in tournament play and it feels like that pressure kind of has mounted on them over the years, especially last year. I don't know if you heard this Marlowe lost to a no. sixteen seed. Yes, in the first round. So they have it feels like there's a little bit more added on these Virginia players uh during these moments and to see Kyle Guy kind of step up and, and hit those. Uh, was uh, was pretty cool, and well, speaking maybe the,
0: about that, like the pressure moment. I'm yep. rewinding back a little bit. Sure, I thought the pressure was getting to uh, Virginia in the last like four minutes of that game. Oh yeah, because uh, they had it looked like they had it. They were up like under the four minute timeout, and then Auburn yep. just went on that nine zero run, and it just seemed like I was like, this is the collapse of Virginia. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah, it was kind of weird emotion, like for me being a neutral fan, because I was thinking. Of being a fan of one of the teams, I'm like, man, it's going to suck to be a Virginia fan. Mm -hmm. Then to swing the opposite way and be like, I don't know how I could be an Auburn fan right now.
1: Right. Yeah. And I kind of, I've talked a little bit about Virginia being the Wisconsin of the ACC and, uh, you know, like watching through my red and white glasses, they definitely were the Wisconsin, uh, of this game. I mean, going through, it was like a four or five minute stretch without scoring a point. I don't think they scored with in the last five minutes, except for the last nine seconds, uh, as yep. I mentioned earlier, uh, and as a Wisconsin fan, those possessions where they just wasted clock and didn't really get off a good shot uh, really uh, f- felt at home. I felt at home watching that and, and kind of yep. rooting for for Wisconsin. Uh, but felt like I was rooting for Wisconsin there as I was wanting Virginia to win.
0: Yeah, I absolutely felt like I was I was watching Wisconsin. I was like, oh. Tony's going to fit in very well when he gets to Wisconsin. (laughs) It's going to be a seamless transition.
1: You're still holding out. Still holding (laughs) out. Yeah, there was there was a play where uh, they just isolated for Ty Jerome, which seemed very strange. And he kind of backed down his defender, went up for a shot, didn't get a call. Again, if we talk about officiating more, I mean, my goodness, it was a a pretty good game. We've talked mostly about officiating. Uh, Didn't get a call, and then went down and committed his fourth fall, very foolishly Um, there. And that felt at that moment, I was like, uh oh. Like it felt like they were kind of getting loose at the seams and and were ready to do the collapse and they I guess they did right They yep. did until uh the last ten seconds again where they where they finally made some shots um but it it, it was weird. it seemed like Auburn made this great comeback against this vaunted Virginia defense, uh, but then Virginia made this great lasting comeback. so we had two come comebacks uh, Virginia moves on into the championship game. Yep. Um, anything else on this one? before we move on uh well just
0: just the uh, this, uh going back to the swing of motion, I, Yeah, i don't know if you saw this uh the early celebration by auburn fans um which oh, yeah. i could totally understand you know either at a even even at the game a loud bar you see that shot go up it clanks off the rim and you just start celebrating yeah um only to realize much later that that is not the case and there's some the great videos out there on the internet. There was a guy at the stadium who like just started pouring beer on himself. Oh yeah, I saw. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, got escorted out. But I guess the the big, <laughs> the big one it was um, at Auburn on campus. Everyone's running out to uh, their quad area for the name of it, uh, where they throw toilet paper everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then just the realization of oh wait, this is awkward. We didn't win, and now people are crying. Uh, but, yeah. I really do feel. I, I honestly, if I was an Auburn fan, like basketball would be canceled for at least two years for me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, a tough loss. And it was uh, maybe it's mean of us to kind of get such joy out of watching their fans react to to not winning. But <laughs> I enjoyed watching those. There, there are some good ones out on the internets. Look them up um, and know that they're celebrating in what will eventually be a, a loss. So I guess the, I guess maybe a takeaway is Virginia's now won two. Almost miracle uh, ends of games. Yeah, uh, between team this and, and the Purdue game. It, well, we'll see. We'll see. we'll t- maybe we'll talk about that a little bit in in our, our, our finals preview. Let's first All talk right. about the other, uh, much less entertaining/slash exciting <laughs> final four game. Texas Tech defeated Michigan State. Um, I guess I don't really know where to start with this one. Let's just start with it's another year, Marlo, yeah. in which the Big Ten is not going to win. Uh, the championship. Uh, the last time they won was 2001. Michigan State. Since then, I'll give you some stats, Marlo. Are you ready for
0: some? Stats? Oh, stats. Okay, here we go. Stats the Big the Ten
1: since 2001. The Big Ten has 14 Final Four appearances, which is tied for the most with the ACC. Jeez. Zero championships, as I have alluded to. ACC yeah. has eight, eight championships out of their 12 Final Four appearances. Big East is six out of 12. Um. There's some other ones in there
0: Do you, do you have the stat of how many championship games we've played in?
1: I don't oh, no. It's uh, Well we have 14 Final Four It's something close like 6 or something like that There's mm-hmm. like 2 Michigans in there uh, There's a Michigan State in there There's obviously Wisconsin in there Uh, That might be it I can think of off the top of my head So at yeah. least 4
0: Yeah okay Man so big old job Brutal Izzo's is, is, is been to 8 Final Fours
1: Yeah one championship. one championship, unbelievable, right? Only one. Yeah, he just only the has one. the he just has the Mo Cheeks one.
0: Yeah, yeah, only one. Yeah, well, we were talking. I was talking about this before the game tipped off, and it's like we always get this point, And Izzo, it's all about him and the tournament. And yeah. you think that he has all his championships, and then you realize he's just been in the final four a bunch, yeah. won it once a while ago. Um, and yeah, it just doesn't really doesn't have it so. I don't know. You you can get into. I know you like to have it. Oh well, the Final Four. That's that's a big achievement, which it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess at some point, do you when you make that? Okay, that's cool. You made a bunch of Final Fours, but where's your championships?
1: Right. Well, he has one. I think he does have he win, one. He once you win one. one, I mean, you're ask Bill Self, Once you win one, you're pretty much good. True. Um, It's it's interesting though because normally it's he gets out of his region right and then he runs into a duke or he runs into a north carolina or he runs into you know one of the kind of blue blood programs and that's where he just can't beat those teams to get to get over the hump but that wasn't the case this year he had texas tech uh, which I guess through the game seemed like a winnable game and especially going into it as you kind of compare it to you know the teams he might have faced in the final four of your but just. Just wasn't the team, and I to be to be fair though to Michigan State, this was or maybe to Tom Izzo, um, this wasn't their most talented team, and this probably oh, no, wasn't a team that shouldn't. This probably wasn't even a team that should have got to the to the Final Four, right? Um, and I think as we talk about the Final Four being an achievement of itself, I think Michigan State fans will look back in this and be like. Holy shit, how do we get to the final four with, <laughs> with this team? Yeah. Uh with just Cassius Winston being a good point guard, and that's how we did it. Yeah. Um it'll it'll be interesting. Uh how they how they look back on it. But um yeah, th- I guess that's maybe that's fair that you're kind of like eventually you should win one of these, but he got the one. I don't know. I think that gives you a lot of a lot of coverage. Speaking about the game itself, yeah. uh it was not that entertaining it was uh, a very low scoring uh, first half in fact it was i don't know if you caught this at the end of the half mile it was a low scoring first half in the final four since michigan state played wisconsin wow in, in 2000 there you go Wisconsin. So the, we just make we just
0: always find a way to get into the conversation right. in final four and
1: at least we find a way to get us into it uh <laughs> That game, the the Michigan State uh, Texas Tech game was uh, 23 to 21 at halftime, uh, and uh, Wisconsin Michigan State game was 21 to 18 at half. Uh, I don't want to talk about the second half, went uh, because it went to Michigan State. But uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, uh, so that was uh, the second half was a little bit more high scoring. Um, Texas Tech came out on fire in the second half, and the announcers, I uh, yeah, Michigan State did not. Uh, the announcers really wanted it, and maybe there was some sort of coaching change or, or, or like a, a change in attack in the game, but watching it at home, it didn't feel like it. It just felt like Texas Tech made some pretty BS shots. <laughs> uh, their one guard, I can't remember his name now, um, shooting from outside, hitting uh, a couple threes that were just kind of like, give me a break threes. Uh, and yeah. that they built a pretty sizable lead. Michigan State did bring it back f- to fifty-two, fifty-one. Texas Tech scored the last nine points to win by ten, sixty-one, two, fifty-one. As I said, not the most entertaining game, but uh, it was a final four game.
0: Yes, it was. And I hate when this happens. I hate when you have a great, like the first game is so great, and you just come off that high, and you're just ready, you're ready for another great game, and you just get something like this, and especially the, this one because it's actually one I was looking forward to seeing what Michigan State would do. Yeah. um as I was on defense emotionally who I was going to root for yeah uh but yeah I mean that's it it was it was a final four game uh obviously we all of us had Texas Tech in the final uh there's no doubt about that yeah. the Texas Tech that the blue blood of the Big 12 was going to make <laughs> the final so at least we got that right
1: yeah oh for sure yeah um i guess the last thing to, it just felt like Texas Tech hit some shots at the end and they did a really good job of basically limiting Cassius Winston. I think they were just very physical with him, and the refs let him be physical with him, and he wasn't able to kind of create and do the kind of Cassius Winston-y things that he normally does. Um, And uh, Texas Tech held on, despite a a horrible game from their uh, best player, uh, Culver, who only went three for 12 uh, for 10 points. So... Uh, I guess for Texas Tech to advance to the finals with their best player yeah. having I, one of his worst games, I would assume of the year. Not that I watched a lot of Texas Tech basketball during the year, but uh, having a really rough game at one point late, halfway through the second half. I don't. I think he had like one point or something like that. Uh, he, he at least had more fouls than points um, for them to survive and advance. Uh, despite that, is pretty pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. Also, there was a lot of Pat, a lot of Pat Mahomes time, a lot of Pat oh, Mahomes yeah. camera time during that game.
1: Some um, some really weird uh still shots that I saw on the Twitter of him <laughs> as he was celebrating or sometimes looking disinterested in the game.
0: <laughs> and what got lost in all that was Travis was right next to him the whole time and every single time he was chugging beer. Um so that sounds like a that sounds like they probably had a fun night. <laughs>
1: I even when I was at the brewery game today, I was kind. I would hate to like be famous enough that like there could be a camera on you at any time. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, obviously, if you're just at the game and the broadcast shows, if, if the jumbotron's on you, fine, whatever. You see that, right? You're on the yep. jumbotron. Uh, but to have like just the broadcast camera on you at any moment would just, I would be terrified. <laughs> I would, I don't think I'd be able to operate. <laughs> I'm just concerned, like they catch me when I'm like picking my nose or something, or like yeah. doing something weird. I don't know. It would be it would be terrifying. Thank thank goodness for our so far so far, Marlo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, just non, quite not there yet. Uh, non non-famousness. It's, it's, it's our obscurity. Coming. Thank you for our obscurity
1: so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, all right. Well, we're putting awesome. this internet though we'll know our faces. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Any other thoughts? On- Texas Tech, Michigan State. Uh, no, nah, I
0: mean, that game can just go away.
1: <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see where, I guess, where Michigan State is next year with, uh, you know, a lot of their contributors this year being uh, upperclassmen, uh, goings being, you know, that fifth year player, uh, catches with some being around for a while. It'll be interesting to see what they are next year. I'm sure they'll reload, but um, we'll see. We'll see. All right. On to the finals preview, Marlo. Uh, as we alluded to, Virginia facing Texas Tech. This is the um, one we all want it. Yeah, uh this is one we wanted. Uh they, I'm sure the NCAA wanted CBS wanted. CBS. <laughs> yes. Super is really excited. Um it all signs point to a Loyal scoring affair, um, which I'm sure you know CBS will love, casual fans will love, NBA fans I'm sure will love crapping on and saying how stupid college basketball is. Um it's the first uh it's the first title game Marlowe that will feature two teams that have never won a title. Since 1979. Uh, I know you remember it, Marlo. Indiana State versus Michigan State. So, obviously, that's Bird versus Magic. Oh. Uh, it's the first time uh, there will... Not that we'll have a new winner, but that we'll have two teams that have never won before facing off since then in 79. So, that's, what, 40 years? My goodness.
0: Yeah. Well, we knew we knew we were going to get the uh, Magic versus Bird montage at some point and yeah. Because either Michigan State was going to move on or right. we were going to get no, this. this. So... You know, yeah, get ready to watch that package before the game uh, with, <laughs> <laughs> with that storyline
1: Yeah, it, it, that's about where the parallels end because there's <laughs> no magic or bird I don't feel like on these teams I've, I mean there's two NBA players it seems like although I, uh, it seems like Ty Jerome's kind of climbing up draft boards uh, which is a bit surprising to me but um, we got uh, Hunter on Virginia and Culver on uh, Texas Tech who so if you're an NBA fan and want to watch those are more or less the only two I think that will kind of even sniff the NBA draft right. Ty Jerome, yeah, uh, maybe, but other than that, that's it. Um, but that's I don't th- I don't think either of those will be <laughs> Bird or or Magic. Uh, they may be good NBA players, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, opening line though, uh, Virginia favored by one and a half. Marlow and the uh, over/under set it a <laughs> very very low, hundred eighteen point five. Under. Take the under. Oh man, if it's under, take the under. 118 points. That'd be so <laughs> funny. That'd be so funny. Um, all right. Predictions. Rooting for. What do you What do you expect out of this game, Marlo? Um,
0: I, I I'm expecting Virginia to come out and, and win this game. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they are obviously used to playing that half court style of mm-hmm. play on the offensive side. Obviously, can grind it out on the defensive side. You know, Texas Texas gotten this far on their defensive prowess in the half court. Yeah. Um but I think you know Virginia is a team of destiny. They started their their uh they're going to start their 2018 2019 video with them losing last year in the first round to win the championship this year. It's going to be a yeah. fantastic story and
1: that's what's going to happen. Okay. I I think that's what I want to happen. Um I have doubted Texas Tech every literally every round of this tournament uh i keep thinking that one of these games they either won't score enough to win or the other team will be able to figure it out i think it's going to come down to how well virginia can shoot the three i think they have the players and the pieces to do it um i'm a little worried that virginia got so tight at the end of the auburn game uh, and wasn't able to protect the lead True. um that, but I just I think they're the better team and I think they should win. But I also just I'm just missing the Texas Tech thing. I know they play good defense, but like I felt like Michigan State had opportunities to maybe not win the game but be a lot more in that game than they were and they just miss them and then maybe that's just being a good defense and that's what a good defense does. But it felt like Michigan State should have been Uh, I know they got it within one, but the whole second half, it seemed like it was a little bit out of reach for them. I felt like they missed a lot of opportunities that I don't think Virginia will miss, and I look for Jerome and Kyle Guy to continue doing just enough to win. I don't think it'll be much higher than that 118 (laughs) line, which is fine by me. I mean, obviously, as Wisconsin fans, I'm all for slowing down, working the possession, getting a good shot. Um We'll see. I'm interested. I'm interested in this, though. I I mean, it's kind of... Because one of two things will be true, right? Wisconsin brand of basketball can win in Virginia. right? If I'm coming looking at this from a Wisconsin viewpoint, right? Virginia plays a Wisconsin brand of basketball. That can win you a national title. Now Virginia gets better players than Wisconsin has outside of 2014 to 2016 for Wisconsin. Uh, Virginia seems to kind of more regularly get better players to fit the system or Texas tech, a program that seemingly has come out of nowhere has kind of risen up and won a national championship, which maybe Wisconsin could do as well. So either of these winning kind of goes, Hey, maybe Wisconsin can do it as well. I don't know. Right. I could convince myself of both those things.
0: Yeah. And I convince myself that Virginia going to win. And then Tony Benz to be like, I have achieved everything I wanted to at the university of Virginia. I am now taking my talents home to Wisconsin.
1: If he wins a national title at Virginia, I, I can't imagine he's leaving have you heard the rumors of him going to ucla
0: uh no i haven't but i feel like every coach has a rumor of going to ucla yeah and yeah. i believe that's just ucla thinking they can get every coach
1: but they don't want to pay <laughs> yeah and that's the thing they want to dish out huge dollars um so i don't i don't know I, it, both these coaches i think are the two front runners for who's going to get the ucla job uh uh, Chris Beard for Texas Tech and uh, Bennett for for Virginia. Both of those have been linked with it. Um, previously linked with it was Eric Musselman, your boy. I guess we're getting into coaches here. We can save the yep. coach talk. Let's save the coach talk. All okay. right, so we both we're both predicting and rooting for Virginia victories.
0: I believe so. I believe that's where my heart's taking me.
1: All right, I'm uh I'm gonna predict a Virginia mainly because I'm rooting for Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably means Texas Tech was going to win. God darn it. All right. But bet the under. On bet to under. other things that I was rooting for somebody who didn't win, Marlo. On to the college basketball dunk contest. Where do you uh, want to start with this?
0: Uh, yes. College dunk contest. All right. So I was put, I mean, I don't, I've given up on dunk contests in general. Yeah. Um. It just doesn't seem like there's much anymore.
1: Since that uh, one where Jordan dunked from the free throw line. Uh, well, Since Vince Carter. Since then. Since okay. Vince fair. Carter. Vince Carter was, that was awesome. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, right. I'd say since Vince Carter. Go ahead. So, uh, but yeah, tune in this one. Cause I found out our boy yep. little Iverson was going to be in. I was like, Oh, well, as we have said on this show, Cleo Iverson is athletic. Yeah. Uh, this should be, this should be a treat. So obviously the dunk out it was in Minneapolis. Let me, let me set the scene for you. Okay. Uh, the judges, you had Derek Rose, mm-hmm. uh, Todd Gibson. And-
1: oh my God. This <laughs> must've been a nightmare Dalvin, for you.
0: Dalvin cook. Sure. Um, you had your boys, the uh, yeah. You had your boys, the uh, host of the One Shining Podcast, Mark Titus nah. and Tate Frazier. in there, in
1: there, in their tuxes, in
0: their tuxes, it's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> and I forget the other player, but he had a man purse, and that's worth noting. noting. Oh my God! Um, so yeah, those are our judges, and um, Iverson's out there. It's
1: Europe. It's not a purse. It's European. <laughs> <laughs> it's All right, a, sorry. It's a carryall. Uh, <laughs>
0: But why, I mean, he's sitting there judging and he's like has the purse on him. Like, he's wearing it on the judge. I didn't understand I did. it. Like, I guess I'm not cool enough to, to no, understand well, that. Um, God knows
1: I'm not. So. so, anyways, I was just tuning in because I wanted
0: to see Iverson. I wanted to, you know, rep rep Wisconsin. The yeah. thing is, obviously, in, in Minneapolis, um, and Iverson's teammate Ethan Happ was like hanging out on the sideline. And every time the camera hit him, that whole place booed. Um and Hap was you know no. playing playing it up, giving the giving the kisses, <clears throat> you know, trying to get putting his hands to his ear a little bit more, a little bit more. But they kept putting the camera on Hap and he he's he was just kind of an awkward dude. It's oh, yeah. he's just he was looks like one of those things he's trying to be cool. And I love obviously have a lot of love for Hap. One of the best was constant basketball players that come to the gym. College players. Um but it was just, it was just doing weird things, and I think he was just trying really too hard. While as we were talking about with the camera being on you, um. So, anyways, to the court, yep. Iverson, Iverson comes up, and I'm getting excited because all right, we're gonna put Wisconsin on the map. Obviously, the whole crowd's booing him. A uh, Dan Dock is just talking him up, <laughs> saying he's oh, the best, best in game dunker he's probably seen in a while. Yeah, um, but does he have creativity? And he just kind of walks up. Tosses the ball up off the, off the backboard and just kind of two-hand dunks it in. And that was it. <laughs> and he was done because he got last place in the first round. Nice. And he did not move on because he had zero creativity, as Dan had showed. And I was, I was hurt because I, I know that he has more. We've seen better mm-hmm. dunks in game than that one. Yeah. Um, and so I was just disappointed that he didn't go out there and show to his fullest potential what he
1: really could do. How early in the contest did he have to dunk?
0: Ah, uh, he was like the th- third or fourth dunker. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh look. I think <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to defend I didn't see this. Yeah. I was I was busy <laughs> losing in my old man's soccer league um at the time. Uh <laughs> he He's a power dunker, right? He's an in game yes. dunker. When he dunks it's uh, a explosive and it's powerful in the context of a game that never translates into a dunk contest because you who cares if you dunk hard or you there's no one in traffic for you to dunk over or on and that's where he gets his uh where the excitement from his dunks come from and where the fans really feed off of it um so in this context i don't i'm not surprised that he didn't do well because that's the kind of dunker that he is, and that's not that doesn't translate well to to these contests. I'm a little disappointed that he came out with such a uh, la-ti-da opening dunk. Um, but I th- maybe it was a I'm going to play it safe and save more for the next round, which didn't come. So risky strategy, Cotton. <laughs> see if it pays off for him. It did not. No. Um, I don't know. I'm glad I didn't watch it to be honest. <laughs> and then I heard he didn't do well. I heard he didn't do well, so I, I didn't even go back and, and, and see it because I didn't want yeah. my heart to be broken.
0: No. Yeah, it, it was just like, oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's. But yeah, I bet he dunked
1: it really hard, but it didn't. It didn't carry. Like it didn't. It doesn't mean anything in a dunk contest. How hard you dunk it, you have to. You know. Yeah, be creative. There has to be totally some crea- creativity. I think nah. there,
0: like, f- whatever it was, there was one that wasn't. I don't even consider it a dunk as like his friends like pulled him up, but it was creative because he like hung in mm-hmm. the rim and put his feet up there. Uh, I think, and he called it the bug on a windshield. Was the actual name of his dunk. Which is just creative in its own. But just needed to name the dunk thing. Yeah. Arson. it's cool. If you want to come over, we, we can we can map this out. And maybe there'll be another dunk contest we can get into and and uh clear out your name and Wisconsin's name. The Breeze
1: one thirty two. Yeah. Dunk contest. <laughs>
0: there we go. There we go. He'd
1: definitely be a front runner in that. Yep. If I'm in it, we have to lower the hoops at least to seven feet. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably dug on seven feet. All right. What <laughs> are talking about? It. I'm, I'm six feet tall. six feet <laughs> tall. I should be able to pick on seven feet. Probably not much higher though. Eight would be tough. All right.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, there were some other activities that were going on around the Final Four that you yeah. were paying attention to. Yeah.
1: I was uh, tuned into the uh, three-on-three U tournament. Um, as you mentioned, Ethan Happ was up in Minneapolis. Uh, I think this was the reason he was there. Uh, the aforementioned One Shining Podcast guys were dropping bags. In the uh, three on three, this is the second year that they've done it. Uh, it's a three on three tournament. Conferences are represented, so the Big Ten had a team. It was Ethan Hap. Um, who was in? Who else was in there? Um, uh, the dude from Minnesota. Yeah, dude from Minnesota. Dude from Indiana. Dude from Nebraska. Yeah, there you go. That's who was in it. Uh, <laughs> and they competed against. <coughs> excuse me. I guess 31 other uh, conferences and group play, the Big Ten went 3-0, got Ethan Happ, led the Big Ten team. It was really interesting, Marlo. Normally, it's just three-point chuckers and guards yeah. in this. Yeah, we had two uh, big guys on the Big Ten team. Big Ten tried a different strategy with Murphy from Minnesota, Ethan Happ um, from Wisconsin, and then Morgan from uh, Indiana, three large forwards, and then a uh, guard from Nebraska. And uh, it looked like a good strategy. Up. Looked like a good strategy. He just needed to make the three-pointers. Looked <laughs> a good strategy from uh, the Big Ten, at least in the uh, group play as they went 3-0. But he didn't lost. have made a three-pointer. He made two three-pointers. Made two three-pointers. I was going nuts, Marlo. I'm watching this as I'm uh, grilling out for uh, the birthday party that we were hosting. And he made two three-pointers, and he made his first two free throws. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> all these years. All these years. He's been holding on on us. Uh, he missed his, his last couple free throws So I guess It came back down to his average uh, They were knocked out in the first knockout round By the Mac And Merle, as you know, when Big Ten teams play Mac teams It's like a sense of pride for those Mac teams They were they're were recruited oh, yeah. against these kids They played against these kids in high school They know them And this is their chance And the Mac went on to win that and then I was out. I was just like, Ethan, Hapson, not in. This. <laughs> That's not in. It. I don't have a reason to root for this. Plus, I had to get to that baseball game. Uh, yep. The Colonial Conference, your conference, Marlo.
0: Conference of almost champions.
1: Yep, uh, they went on to win. Um, so congratulations! They ended up. They won a hundred thousand dollars though. Yeah, these four guys won hundred thousand uh, so dollars. That's pretty cool. Literally,
0: bags their money are thrown onto the court. Bags their it's money. They had money guns.
1: Sight. It was yeah. a fun. It was a fun. Uh, and they it were was playing in the middle pre- of the Mall of
0: America, too. That was
1: pretty That's wild. true. We should have mentioned that. Played in the middle of the Mall of America. It was a lot of fun. Uh, just It was like the right amount of competition slash this is kind of a joke, kind of for fun. Yeah, like They somehow met in the middle of all that, and it was just fun to have on. Uh, as long as the Big Ten was in it, it was fun to have on. Um, and I had it on like all day Saturday uh, leading up to the uh, to the final four games. And it was just fun to kind of check in and, you know, you're rooting against the other power six conferences and stuff. It, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, anyway, that's three by three, you, uh, it, obviously won't happen again until next year. Uh, big 10 won last year. So, uh, they were unable to defend, uh, their championship, but have as many, uh, won a national championship. That doesn't count. Does it count in, uh, our stats earlier? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, it was
0: at the final four. So maybe, yeah,
1: all right, all right. that's it for the three-on-three. Three. Uh, I think for me, Marlon, anything else about you? Uh,
0: no, not the three-on-three. I three. Uh, just wanted to touch on the coaching carousel. Oh, yeah. That yep. continues to go or, or has stopped. So, anyways, Kentucky, Sorry, Kentucky, they offer Calipari a lifetime contract. Yeah. Be the coach of the University of Kentucky and basically, like, own the school at some point um <laughs> as i saw in the fine print somewhere which yeah. it's just i think it's just crazy i mean i know mm. it means nothing in the long run cuz like you know it is, what it is but just the the fact of the matter like hey cow sign this
1: forever contract yeah
0: it's just wild so you don't go to ucla
1: <laughs> yeah it is weird uh i think he'll after he is done coaching whenever that is or whenever they force him out i guess he'll be an ambassador for the university uh, I didn't know that was a real thing that existed. Maybe it, it didn't until now. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> Not sure. Um, but if anybody at Wisconsin is listening, we would be great ambassadors to Amazing Ambassadors. Wherever you want us to be or we can do it. We could do it. Um it's really weird, I guess, with Calipari and Kentucky, uh, in the sense that he has a national championship, right? So you can't fault him, right? He has the one. Uh, but he really just has a lot of elite eights after that. Yep, he has. I guess he has a national title runner-up, and then he lost to Wisconsin in the final four. So he has yeah. two additional final fours outside of the Anthony Davis Championship, um, which is good. But it's also Kentucky, right. who has higher expectations than that, and it just seems weird to lock. It just it's just awkward. I don't know because. He's never I guess this is them embracing Kalapari. This is the right. University of Kentucky kind of being like, We're all in, we're behind this guy. And I guess him saying, I'm all in, I am Kentucky, and that just still feels weird to me. <laughs> like they don't feel like a natural fit. And I don't think he's won enough to what they would expect, but they're like, no, we're gonna we're But gonna- he
0: brings a sizzle because he has like first rounders
1: he- every year. He does. He does. I mean, when you talk about The recruiting class, you talk about the high draft picks, it's them and Duke, right? They're the two programs you talk about. Um, So there's that, yeah. And maybe that's all that matters. That's probably what... Maybe that keeps the money coming in more than actual national championships. (laughs) (laughs) That you have buzz about the program. You have these high draft picks. You have these uh, kids coming to your schools. Um, It's weird. I don't know. And then the ambassador thing, that's a whole other level of weirdness. Uh, I... Couldn't see him leaving to, for anything else, um, so I guess it's good on him, but I could see Kentucky being like, we're ready to try something else. I don't know who that would be necessarily right now, but obviously this prevents that from happening. And he'll, he'll make a lot of money. He's going to make a lot, no, money, he's so. made a lot of money. he's um, going to make a lot of money. Speaking of who else is making a lot of money, Marlo? Yeah. Buzz, Buzz Williams. Williams. Buzz Williams. Surprises everybody.
0: Yeah, it takes the Texas A&M job, um, which... I feel like Buzz again, maybe we're just being really like mean tonight, but I feel like he hasn't accomplished much and he just gets he just keeps moving with these jobs, like more prestigious jobs and more money. Hey. Um I mean he's did a good job of doing your tech, don't get me wrong. But yeah. at the same time it was like do you really just jump ship for Texas A and M and just get paid more? I mean, yes, you do. <laughs> 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 to answer the question. Yeah. Um but it just seems like from the market, like, didn't do all that much of Marquette, you know. Yeah. Did marginally well at Virginia Tech, but nothing special. And then as Texas A&M coming after him.
1: Yeah, it, I don't. This might just be a thing with Buzz Williams, where he just goes to a program for a couple years. I, I mean, I, I, we'd have to look back and see how long he was at Marquette. I don't really remember exactly, but it's you know five, six years, and then he moves on. Maybe that's what'll he do at A&M and. He's just kind of ahead of the curve as far as he builds kind of a program up to a certain level of expectations, then move on before he can't meet those expectations. Yeah, I don't know. It seems six weird. Years at Marquette. Yeah, yeah.
0: five at Virginia it, Tech. Yeah,
1: okay. It was only five. I thought it was. Yeah, so right on there, five six years. Um, yep. I'm I was surprised when he left Marquette to go to Virginia Tech. Um, yep. but as he was at Virginia Tech and became relatively successful, uh, relatively competitive with the ACC, okay, that makes sense. It makes sense to go from. You know, Marquette being in that big East to the ACC, I could see that being a step up. Uh, I don't know that going to A&M is a step up as far as you would talk about, you know, kind of the compet- uh, competitiveness, the level of basketball that you're going to have there. But it's more dollars and more maybe dollars. he. And to be honest, it's prob- it's more likely he'll win things, conference championships, Uh things i mean conference championships at AM then than it is to compete with north carolina and uh duke and virginia every year uh so maybe that that's part of it but maybe i'm overthinking it and it's just more cash and he's gonna move to get more cash there is some like he like was in the AM program or something or got a degree like there's a little bit of like an assistant coach there. something yeah. he has some tie to it yeah so maybe that's part of it But it's probably cash. (laughs)
0: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'll always go with the cash. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Just one more to note. Just because this makes me feel old. Uh. (laughs) Jerry Stackhouse is taking the job at Vanderbilt. Who I didn't realize Vanderbilt did not win an SEC game at all this season. Yeah. Um. But just the fact that Jerry Stackhouse, who I remember playing at North Carolina. uh, Some of those are some really good. Those are really good North Carolina Duke days yeah uh the back those
1: are those were some of my favorite north Carolina duke days yeah. yeah
0: yeah those were great um going through and has had a long nba career got into yep. coaching and is now the head coach at ssc school so congratulations to jerry and now you're making me feel old thanks <laughs>
1: it's a pretty risky hire from uh vanderbilt so they they fired out uh one uh, of the Drews? there's I can't remember. Shoot, uh, he they obviously went 0 14 in the ACC, like you mentioned. Yeah, uh, this was his second year in the program, I believe, second or third year, and they had a really, really good, best ever recruiting class for uh, Vanderbilt coming in next year. Despite that, they fired their coach and hired Jerry Stackhouse, who was a hot coaching, co- hot coaching commodity because he coached really well in the G, G- League, coach of the year
0: 2017.
1: Um. And switch yeah. and, and G is, League champion. There you go. Um that that to equate that to being uh running a program in the SEC, it seems like a big step. And he could it could obviously could turn out to be well. That's why it's a risk, right? It could go really well or really poorly. Um I don't know that if there's just seems so much more to to me to running a college basketball program. Than running a G League or just a kind of coaching general. You have to kind of have those connections. You have to be able to recruit those sorts of things. You know, as a recent NBA player, maybe he's able to do that and maybe he's fostered those connections, but like that's a big part of it. And we have no idea if he'll be able to do that. Um, And for a granted, it's Vanderbilt, but to have a SEC program do that, go out on that limb, it's pretty interesting. It's going to be fun to follow. And as a uh, apparently old man, it will be yep. interesting to root for him to do well. Because I thought, I mean, as we mentioned, rooting for him in those Duke North Carolina games was a lot of fun. So yeah. uh, I hope so. he does well. And if Vanderbilt's doing well, that means right. Buzz Williams isn't doing as well in A and M, and maybe uh, lifetime coach Calipari's not doing well either. That's
0: true. I guess I didn't realize we were all SEC hires. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's it for that's it for the coaches, right? Any other yep, moves? That's it for the coaches. I, we mentioned uh, Musselman going to Arkansas. Did I mention that? No, you did not. All right. So the must bust, Musselman, moving on, he's the uh, Nevada coach. Um, there was a lot of rumors of him going to UCLA uh, when they were, you know, ranked, whatever they were, fifth or seventh or whatever early in the year. Uh, a lot of rumors of him being the hot name for UCLA, um, but then the team kind of faltered, and his name stopped being linked <laughs> to UCLA. Uh, he landed at Arkansas, so again, another SEC school. Um, thought we were a Big Ten podcast, Marlon. No, I guess we
0: are going SEC country.
1: Yeah, SEC. Uh, so, I don't know. It'll be... He was the hot name, and then his team kind of faltered. As we mentioned, they lost in the first round of the tournament. Um I think he was just kind of – he was ready to make a move. I think he kind of eclipsed what he could achieve at Nevada. Um, and now he's going to Arkansas replacing um, – oh, what's his name? Avery Johnson. Avery, Avery Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. So there you go. That's the SEC coaching uh, <laughs> on the 130 debris podcast. <laughs>
0: that was our SEC segment. All right. Fred, Hoiber- Fred Hoiberg
1: got hired. We mentioned that last week though, right? Yeah, we mentioned that.
0: No, had- oh, okay. Other than that, we're yeah, we're it's going to be fun to watch Wisconsin wax Nebraska and Fred Helberg.
1: Yeah, they're talking. They're talking themselves into it though, big time. <laughs> Nebraska. They're like we're gonna. They think they're gonna make the NCAA tournament every year now.
0: Yeah, yeah. They think they're gonna make some run, and then they're gonna realize they're really not that good at basketball. Again.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. All
0: right, all right. There we got in. Take that, Nebraska.
1: Take that, Nebraska.
0: All right. Should we move off campus? All right. Should we talk about people that are getting paid to
1: play? Yeah. Yeah, back from our unsponsored break, Marlo. Um, <laughs> if you, anyone out there listening, if you'd like to sponsor a podcast that literally hundreds of people listen to, uh, that was an opportunity in which you could have your sponsorship read. So there we go. Uh, on to other people who are getting paid. Well, other, like we're getting paid. On to people who are getting <laughs> paid. Oh, sad day, Marlo. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. to the Alliance of American Football is that what it was? AAF Alliance, the Alliance, the whatever Alliance. it was called. The
0: Alliance, uh, yeah. Sad day. Just <laughs> shut down operations. Yeah. Uh, early last week, just called it quits. <laughs> it was. It, I, I hate to laugh because I do feel bad for the players. Yeah. In in all this, it was another shot for them to, you know, play football um, at a next level. Feel bad for Johnny Football. Yeah. <laughs> he got another shot and now literally taken away from him. Um of no fault of his own this time.
1: I don't I don't think we should feel bad for <laughs> Jennifer I think he uh, I feel
0: bad at Johnny's not going to be in my life. Uh in a football okay, sense. Fair. <laughs> um but anyways, this was it was when I when it first came down that they were stopping football operations and yeah. it was you know basically do they don't they uh, you know we heard rumors that they were running out of money, and during week eight. I think they were two weeks out from playoffs to start. And it's like, how do you? That's not when it was going to get interesting, Marlo. Yeah, that's that's when that's it that was really going to lather up. Remember that one week? Remember that one week of AF? Oh, the that was first really week. Exciting. We were there. It was really. Exciting. It was
1: at, it was on CBS. I could actually watch it. Yeah,
0: that was exciting stuff.
1: Um. So well, Marlo, I've never I've never run a professional sports league. Right. I've never I've never tried to start one, but I would think. I would try to make sure I could make it more than eight weeks.
0: Yes, yes. You think we have enough runway for at least one year of operation costs?
1: I mean, if we, uh, you've done startup things, Marlo. You know that how long it can take to become profitable at for a business to become profitable, kind of in in the marketplace. I mean, I would imagine you would have to take a relatively similar approach to running a flipping (laughs) sports league yeah um and apparently they (laughs) they were not uh so i mean that that one surprises me two is all the people who former players uh former coaches uh what have you who are like legitimate like members of the nfl i don't know if that maybe that's a who appear to be legitimate members of the nfl football community who are involved in this yes who now right they have egg on their face don't they
0: yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I mean, Charlie saw um, Bill P- P- Napoleon, Bill Napoleon, yep, yeah, Napoleon, Bill Pullian, who's kind of leading this thing up. And I think the biggest thing is one of the you know, they got this up and running very quickly, I think they announced it a year ago, got mm-hmm. it up and running, which is pretty, pretty big in itself that they actually got yeah. it off the ground, um, uh, but. They were hanging their they were hanging their fate on like the NFL coming in and be like this is gonna be like the minor leagues and we're now have yeah. a partnership within less than a year of operations. You know, for them, to, for NFL to expect NFL to swoop in and save you is not gonna happen. Um, so I, I think yeah. well, they didn't have the foresight to continue that as as the league of what they wanted to do. Yeah, it seems
1: a, like a pretty risky strategy. And yeah. I guess to go back to when I first. It, encountered the idea of this league and what I expected um, I thought it was going to be an alternative league I thought it was going to be an independent league and like this is going to be a different football league right? and then that they the fact that they marketed themselves or tried to be minor league I was just more or less out on like I'm not interested in watching a minor league that an unaffiliated minor league yeah, at, at all if it was a completely independent league that was trying to do different things and they had some different rules and they had some different Uh, technologies or broadcast things that were interesting i would be more interested in but just the fact that it's trying to be like nfl light slash we're gonna try new things that's not gonna hold my attention uh and maybe it would have to be honest maybe if it was the summer maybe if it was july and literally all i have is baseball and this on the weekends then i might tune in Right, we we talked about it. we watched the first. I watched the first week. I know you watched a little bit more after that. Uh, but then college basketball, yeah, once, tournament start. Yeah, once the tournament start, and then we're out. We're not we're not diverting our attention from that to watch minor league football. Um, but if it's July or whatever, that middle where it's only baseball, pretty much right because yep. NBA NHL playoffs are over at that point. Like that's when they needed to to do it. Um, I don't know. I think it was just it, it was poorly planned. Um, but if so, that begs the question: Marlo, mm-hmm. XFL twenty twenty
0: XFL. Yeah. So what does this mean for the XFL? Um, it's, uh, I, I can't tell. I mean, I think it's gonna be harder for them to get that get taken seriously from a fan mm-hmm. perspective after this. Yeah. But at the same time, I hope they're I hope they're learning from the AF some mistakes. Um, some of the things I've read is that Jim McMahon is doing some really cool things as, as far as making sure it's football first this time okay. around, which, you know, we, you can say that all you want. <laughs> it's all about what's going to happen when the product's out in the field, right?
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I guess I'm trying to think of like what I want out of, if there is more football, do I, I don't think I just want more N- NFL Cause I, it's not, it's not going to be the NFL. It's not going to have that meaning to me to start out, right? Right. Um, but I don't want it to be a joke like the previous XFL. Right. So they have to they have to somehow meet in the middle and make it different enough that I'm interested in it, um, but not so crazy that I think it's a joke. So that's that's a tough fence to sit on. If uh, I could borrow a phrase from earlier um and the alliance obviously try in my opinion tried to be too nfl uh and paid for it i think that's why they didn't succeed and the timing that and the timing um that one week
0: I, man that
1: was that was golden that's so fun that one backwards past the quarterback had where he like just flipped it backwards <laughs> that was that's the only highlight i remember outside of that i can't i couldn't remember anything else that happened in the the alliance uh so if that's the bar for the XFL, I think the XFL will beat that. Yeah, I presume with a longer lead time, with like a legitimate second attempt at the XFL, that it will be more well thought out yeah. than this. And, maybe, uh, and yeah. I just can't like
0: can, all they do is make it through a season and they win.
1: Yeah, crazy, ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. And we always talk about it. we want more football, but maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we don't. I don't know. Just don't do it. Just do, do it. during. The NCAA Tournament. <laughs> That's all we <laughs> have. And then maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. All right. Uh, rip Alliance. Had some cool uniforms. Had some cool names. Um,
0: yeah, you think that stuff is on clearance? They're going to pick up a bunch of that?
1: Oh, all that'd be cool. Jackets. I should. That'd be fun. Oh, man. If they have starter jackets, I'm not going to buy them, but that'd be funny. <laughs> that might be fun. I'm, I might look into seeing if I can get like a, a clearance, like... I don't even remember the team. Alabama Iron. San Diego Fleet. I remember them. I remember the fleet. That'd be fun. All right. Uh, Rip Alliance. All right. On to other paid professionals, Marlo. I don't know if you've been in the apparently sports tabloids, it seems like, these days. There is trouble in Packerland. land. Uh, I was going to say paradise. Doesn't feel like paradise right now. Uh, there is a would you call it a salacious report, Marlo? Would that be a uh, definitely hot, a lot of hot
0: take reports? I mean, yeah. this, this time of the year, anything that's coming out of the you know NFL news yeah. cycle, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be kind of flashy.
1: Yeah, there was a, a report. I don't need, what we don't need to go into where it came from, who it was by, uh, but it basically uh, said <laughs> it seemed like they got. The so uh, essentially if you if you're a Packer fan, there's two camps right now. There's the McCarthy camp and the Rogers camp, and they uh people who backed the head coach, people who backed the quarterback, they didn't like each other. And it seemed like this article went to each camp and said, Give me shit on the other camp <laughs> <laughs> and then wrote both of the negative sides of the whole thing. Uh apparently McCarthy and Rogers have always hated each other and the whole Packer organization is in dysfunction. Um I think this is much... I don't want to say but, much to do about nothing because I think there's some truth to some of this. I think this is a very uh, over-the-top report of this. I can see a situation in which the whole time Rogers didn't like McCarthy. I can see that being the case. Um, neither of them really chose <laughs> to be with the other one ever. I guess you can do like contract negotiations, but um, famously, uh, McCarthy was in the draft room of the 49ers that passed on Aaron Rodgers and selected Alex Smith in the report. They said that Rodgers has always kept that in the back of his mind, which oh, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. There's a, this always get, goes back in my mind. Like, there's always this like chip on their shoulder type thing. Like Rogers has a chip on his shoulder because he fell to 26. Like at some point, like that chip probably <laughs> is worn off after like an MVP or two. Yeah. Like, he can't just be sitting there in his mansion looking at his MVP trophy in his Super Bowl ring being like, fucking 26th. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, gotta go work out. Like, at some point, it wears out. Like, they can't hold grudges forever. Um, but could there have been a level of disrespect for McCarthy the whole time? Sure. I can believe that. And could Mike McCarthy not have been the greatest coach? Uh, I've watched a lot of Packer games. That very well could be the case. <laughs> and the fact that if there was this animosity between them, And for it not to come out until literally the wheels fell off in a season and Mike McCarthy had to get fired in mid-season, I think almost speaks more to, uh, I don't want to say the professionalism because that's probably not the right case in anything in this story, but the working relationship as it was, more positively than the alternative. Because the way this is painted is that it was just flipping toxic and nobody could work with anybody. It was a disaster. But they won a Super Bowl. They won a couple NFC championships. They were a couple plays away from getting to other Super Bowls. And to do that, and on the surface maintain a relatively workable relationship, how could all of this have been going on underneath the surface? Uh, And it's some outside reporter who gets this instead of you know the beat reporters who are there every day or you know the uh you could say that you know the local news is too embedded too pro team but that doesn't make sense because they would at least have one of the sides right um and so for this to come from outside i know this is a little bit like bunker mentality like you're attacking my team but like it just seemed like they reached out to kind of almost random people and sourced them random former Packers who were only a team for a couple years um, and sourced them instead of like the main contributors to the Packers so I know it's causing a lot of uproar in kind of Packer land and amongst you know the fans of the Packers but I think it's just a lot to do about nothing and it doesn't say anything too much again it's not nothing but it's not it's not pervasive
0: there anymore so it doesn't it really doesn't matter like okay at the end of the day Rodgers wins. He's there. Carthy's gone. That was the old school. Like it's not like some similar happened with the Packer or not the Pac- uh, the Patriots last year where Belichick and and Brady don't get along. Da 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 da. Yeah. But at least they're still they still have to work together. Like this is coming out now, and half the party's not there. So right. Is it you know? Is it really anything? I don't know. I I, I did see, but I mean through the avenues I, I saw Packer. uh, Twitter Packer Twitter going crazy, yep. taking sides, going back and forth. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's Rogers' team. McCarthy's gone, yeah, and you guys well, are starting even, over with the new staff.
1: I don't even know what the I don't know what the other the other side is really because yeah. like there I I I don't think I don't see a Packer contingent that's like no Rogers was the problem. We should have kept McCarthy. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah, it does yeah. not exist. <laughs> I I guess the other side would be that like. We have to be worried because Aaron Rodgers is a problem. Like, he can't be coached. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think if you get a coach – th- I've talked about this before. If you get a coach whose vision he can believe in, I mean, he's going to be right there. And we have teammates kind of uh, – uh, of Rodgers, not of mine. My teammates, they don't have an opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Rodgers' teammates kind of attesting attesting to that. Um, and – I I think there is a level of of dysfunction and I think in the organization and I think that kind of stems from the end of the Ted Thompson era. Uh and that's kind of where the Packers are now and we have to look back and go, "Hey, yeah, we won in almost 10 years ago now. Let's look at what happened in between then and now and it's a lot of not great moves by the front office uh that leaves us in a position where where we are now. Um and I think keeping McCarthy through all of that not help did not help that situation and i think most of packer fandom is is happy that he's gone and we'll see what the new guy does but um anyway a lot of a lot of hubbub in 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 packerland Marlowe, and uh i don't i don't buy too much into it and uh i think that uh they'll be fine going forward i think they're in much more capable hands from a front office to head coach standpoint uh than they are now and i'll still take aaron Rodgers to be my quarterback thank you very much All right. End of Packer rant, Marlo. You still there? Are you with me? I'm still here. I'm still all right. here. <laughs> all right. So, other NFL things. What happened?
0: Uh, the internet went crazy over the Jets news jerseys. Did you see them?
1: I did. Yeah. Um, I didn't think... You- <laughs> I saw them all. Saw- I, didn't, I didn't care. I saw them and I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. I, did.
0: I know. I think I did the same thing, but I, I felt like I should care because everyone else was caring. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just Jets people, but... I I will say that they couldn't look basic. They're almost like a Mac team. And then, then they have the they have a all black alternate. Uh because I guess they need one. Uh, okay. So, sure. Yeah, so they have a super super fly racing stripe across their shoulders, which makes them look fast, apparently. Um
1: Oh, that was the best. <laughs> they had a little description yeah. and it showed like shows the Quickness of New Yorkers So they try to tie it into Like some sort of like City meaning or something It's a stripe yeah. on their arm It's a stripe on their arm Yeah That was
0: great Gosh um, So yeah I don't know I, I Would I talk about Like a whole lot of nothing <laughs> This is a whole yeah. lot of nothing
1: Yeah it's <laughs> yeah. yeah it was the first time In 20 years they changed their jerseys Um, I mean I, I guess it's something Significant when an NFL team Changes their jerseys right Because for so long like we kind of get accustomed to what they are and we think of them as these brands and uh it, I, I feel like it's more common in other sports so maybe that's why it's such a big it feels like such a big deal and of course with the internet the outrage is going to win and the the negativity is going to win uh when yes. they put that out there uh but who cares i mean if they win football games they'll buy the new jersey <laughs> <They don't> ca- <laughs> True, who cares not right and true um but I think there's something I, I know this is might be stupid, but there's like a a kind of change in culture, change in identity to changing jerseys, and it might seem simplistic, but I know that that can be a thing. But I don't think the Jets are going to do anything else to kind of accompany that kind of change in c- culture and whatever uh, to to really accomplish anything. So. I can't believe the internet freaked out so much about it.
0: Oh, yeah, internet crazy. All right. Uh, I think that's it for football. I think we did right. football.
1: All right. On to baseball. We talked about um a Brewers game that I went to today. Brewers won 4 to 2, winning two games to one against uh the Cubs in a series. There was like a combined like 50 runs scored in the first two games or something. Like that, so I'm glad that I wasn't at those games cuz that takes forever. We had a nice calm 4-2 victory today. That was in a timely manner. Uh, but I wanted to uh, give you the baseball stat of the week, Marlo. All right. All right. Orioles first baseman, Chris Davis, is nearing a record for a streak in futility, Marlo. He is now oh for his last 44 at-bats. Dang. Dating back to September 14th of last year. Uh, he, is, he is too shy of the record Somebody who went over 46 <laughs>
0: No pressure there
1: The manager though is optimistic Because he has two RBIs during this stretch What? Interesting So I mean like, it's like sack flies and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Over yeah. 44 yeah. He, gets, he gets paid like a billion dollars It's crazy uh, Stay of the week over for 44 Marlo I'm pretty sure I could go over for 44 um, There you go Anything else on baseball? that's all i had
0: nope that's all i had we'll we'll get back to baseball later
1: panic button for the cubs
0: all-time high from what i can
1: tell all-time high uh white Sox are playing baseball we think so i saw they lost today
0: yeah they're yeah they're trying still young rebuilding
1: (laughs) rebuilding year uh other baseball things i don't think that's it i think that's it for baseball light touch in baseball nhl things marlo playoffs are coming soon right
0: uh Playoffs are going to happen. We'll bring on yeah. a uh, NHL expert at some point. Nice. To break it down. Check for us. in.
1: We'll check in for playoffs.
0: Yep. Uh, all right. All right. So I think it's time uh, for America's favorite
1: segment, Casey's corner kick. All right. Thank you, Marlo. All right. So we'll start as we do <laughs> with Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool title chase continues to be on as they. I guess 3-1 would, wouldn't say squeak out, but I'm going to say squeak out a win over Southampton. Uh, 3-1, as I mentioned. Uh, Mo Salah finally got a goal, first in his last nine games. And Marlo, he was excited. I must, comp- I must uh, compliment you on the great tweet that you sent out after the goal. Uh, Mo Salah scored the goal, flexed, took off his shirt. What was it? Avoided his teammates yeah. <laughs> who were trying to celebrate with him and flexed again. Uh <laughs> God, so funny. Uh, great tweet. Um, great goal by, by Mo Salah. His first goal in uh, nine games. And it was really funny. After the game, he was they were doing the post-match interview, and he says, this is my first. So later in the game, uh, Jordan Henderson, who's the captain of Liverpool, uh scored a goal and it was for his first in like forever and they were being interviewed after the game and most all I was like it was my first goal in, in nine games and there's like a lot of pressure on him for it so it must have been a huge relief for him he goes but it was uh hendo's first goal in like 20 games or something <laughs> <laughs> he's standing right next to him and, and it, was, it was great they all left uh henderson goal uh to put it up three one and kind and kind of seal it uh, Mo Salah now has become the fastest player ever to reach 50 goals in the Premier League. He's done it in a solid 69 games. Uh, that if, Mar- No reaction on 69 games? All right. 69. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the universal uh, number. Uh, that uh, bested uh, Fernando Torres' uh, 72 goals, also of Liverpool fame. And uh, Luis Suarez, also at Liverpool. So Liverpool scores goals, Marlo. Cheer for them. All right. Uh, Next week in the they have Champions League midweek, which we'll talk about in a second, and then they host Chelsea on Sunday, which is their toughest remaining game. Uh, They're right now two points up in the league table. On Manchester City, City has a goal in hand, or a goal, excuse me, a game in hand. Um, So coming down to the wire, five slash six. If you're a City fan, games remaining. This week, though, Marlo, we have midweek soccer. We have Champions League action this week. On Tuesday, you have Tottenham and Man City. I presume that will be the game that will be broadcast um, on TNT. or Yeah, TNT. Um, on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. And Liverpool will also be playing Porto at that time. Uh which I wish I would be watching, but I'll be I'll watch whatever's on TNT because I don't pay more to watch <laughs> the the non TNT games. Uh, and then Wednesday we have Ajax and Juventus, and I'm sure the game that will be on will be Manchester United versus Barcelona. So look for those midweek. We are in the last eight. This is the first leg of the last eight of the Champions League, and as I always talk about, while this is uh, in my opinion the best soccer to be watched. Um, I guess throughout any competition. So so tune into that. It should be pretty good. Um and then Liverpool over the weekend on Sunday. Um I mentioned earlier in the personal old man league, another tough loss. Oh this is becoming so after the loss Marlon, we kinda sat around and went, what should we do differently?
0: <laughs> this is my favorite and, in Old Man
1: League. And and we kinda and we kinda looked at each other and said, We should get better players. <laughs> <laughs> so then we tried to brainstorm what good players we can get. And uh we're not we're not gonna be able to get any new players, so we're gonna probably <laughs> keep losing. But oh well, oh well. Uh, that is it for the corner kick. There's some uh, women's international friendly going on. The women, are, uh U.S. women's national team is gearing up for the World Cup coming here this summer. So continue to watch uh, for that. Uh, I think that's it. That's it for the soccer world, unless you're gonna scoop me on anything, Marla. More... Oh, Madison FC. Madison oh. FC had their first league game. Uh, yesterday uh, they lost oh. so they're 0-1 so first um, first loss in franchise history Whew, out of the way out of the way nothing but um, up from here yep they lost uh, 1-0 to but from what the Twitter account tells me they were the better team Marlowe so got it four shots on goal to one the one going in for I think it was Charlotte or something like that doesn't matter <laughs> game's <laughs> over we're moving on. On to the next one. On to Cleveland. Um, that's it for the corner. Now for the third time, that's it for the corner kick.
0: All right. Alright. Uh yeah, that's gonna be it for me. Um, as always, appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you wherever you listen to podcasts here. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at 1323, myself at C at Prof Badger Love the interaction with everybody. That's it for me. Casey, you got any last words?
1: Yep. Like, like, subscribe, share, and share with your other friends. Friend the word, please. We would love to have new people uh, to interact and uh, cheer along our favorite teams. But as always, fellow fans, until next time, I hope that all your favorite teams win all those Let's
0: go Virginia.